Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, we're in the New Testament in the book of John. If you're in a place to grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. The rod and the staff, David said, they comfort me. There's protection. There's going to be guidance. There's going to be time to move and a time to hold back. All of that is part of the rod and the staff that's there to protect and care for. Interesting, as Jesus describes this, we're never going to get into a Bible study today, you think? Maybe. John chapter 10, verse 1, most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And then when he brings them out, his own sheep He goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. They didn't quite, they got the illustration, the general gist of what he's talking, but they didn't know, how does that tie to you? How does that tie to me? How did that really tie to them at that point? That wasn't perfectly clear at that moment. But what Jesus described to them was similar to what we had been talking about. Now remember, Jesus just finished healing this blind man at the end of, uh, in, in chapter 9. And at the end of it, you remember the conclusion was, this blind guy is rejected. Stay with this thought. The blind guy's rejected by the religious leaders. Now all of a sudden, Jesus is talking about this sheepfold and the shepherd, this doorkeeper and the shepherd. Now what's the correlation? This one guy, this blind guy's been healed by Jesus. Now he's rejected because of his testimony of Jesus. Jesus receives his worship. He acknowledges Jesus as Lord. And Now Jesus starts talking about this whole thing about sheepfolds and things. He who does not enter by the sheepfold, by the door, comes into where the sheep are by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. He says there's only one entrance. A robber would, they would maybe, if it was a walled area, let's say, they'd try and climb over the wall. Now, they didn't usually operate alone. They usually had an accomplice with them. Somebody helped shove them up over the wall. And then they would throw the sheep over, try and grab them and throw them over. And the other guy's catching them on the other side. This is a thief and a robber. It is interesting how the enemy is described in these ways. We get into it a little bit further in just a moment as he came to rob, kill, and destroy. The enemy did. But the enemy operates in very unique ways. The enemy doesn't come straight through the door. The enemy does something behind the scene, in the backdrop. 
The enemy operates in, in the shadows, in the backdrops of things. It's not just up front. It's not forthright. Jesus said there's one entrance in, one entrance out. And the shepherd is the one that's to use that entrance in and out to lead the sheep in and out. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. It's clear. It's plain. To him, the doorkeeper opens. He, he allows the sheep to come and go. Sheep hear his voice and he calls. Notice how the chief shepherd, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That shepherd that leads. Jesus leads us. He is our good shepherd and leads us. He's not there driving us. He's not pushing and shoving us. He's leading us. What a great concept to embrace. He's there leading. And the sheep are following. And when he brings out his own sheep, the sheep hear his voice. They know him. The shepherd knows them. Jesus knows you intimately. Jesus knows me intimately. He knows who we are. He knows what we're all about. He knows what we need. He knows when we need that oil on our head because we're getting too feisty and starting to get friction going there. He knows when that, that we need the oil on our head because there's too much stuff that's starting to bug us. He knows what you need. He knows what I need. He cares for us. He sometimes will throw that stone and plop it right in front of us. Get us back to that place where we need to be with the rest of the flock. As he leads, he brings out his own sheep. He goes before them. Jesus has gone before us. You know, it's interesting to me that the shepherd became a sheep. Jesus is the lamb of God sacrificed. The shepherd became a sheep. You know, it's an interesting concept of identification, isn't it? That he would identify with us in such a wonderful way, such a perfect way, as the shepherd becomes a sheep, the sacrificial lamb, giving his life for us and showing us his love and care for us. And the sheep, what do they do? They follow the sheep follow. They know his voice. They trust. And again, they're not being pushed, shoved, or driven. They're just simply following. They know his voice. There's trust. That, that shepherd that understands the sheep, that what, this, what they have gone through, what has happened, man, that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, as we prayed this morning out of Hebrews we have a high priest who's acquainted with our griefs and sufferings. He's experienced those things that we experience. He's gone before us, and we can trust him. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. You know, this thing that happens with the enemy, as the enemy can stir sometimes, usually brings confusion. Confusion enters in. And we know confusion is not of the Lord. The Bible is very clear on that. The enemy comes in and will bring confusion. 
And it has a tendency also then to scatter. They will flee, and there's a scattering that takes place. This is the importance whenever we talk about keeping our eyes on the Lord, keeping our eyes fixed on the Lord. There are many things that can distract us in our journey in following Jesus. And it's so important for you, for me, that we keep our eyes on the Lord. Sounds so simple and yet can happen so easily. The things that get in there and start pulling us away, vying for our attention. And all of a sudden then we get our eyes off of the chief shepherd. And we get distracted by other things. And unfortunately, this is not fruitful for us. The Lord would not have that for us. But again, we need to be listening for the voice of our chief shepherd. We need to listen. This is what's so great about going through the word of God, is that we cover these topics. And that there's an enemy that's stirring and moving. And, you know, think about the things that can go on. My goodness, especially a ministry that is committed to the word of God. The Bible says that he holds his word above his own name. Now, anytime a scribe would get to the name of Yahweh as he's writing out, every little mark, he would have to go and change all his clothes, wash, put on new linen garments, and come back and write another mark and go back and wash and change because of the regard and the, the, the value put on the name of God. The power and the glory that is associated with the name of God. And yet, he holds his word. God holds his word. 119th Psalm describes that. Holds his word above his name. The value, the fact that Jesus is, according to John, as we read through in the early part of John's gospel, he is the living word. That Jesus the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. That he is that living word. And a ministry that proclaims simply the, the gospel truth. You think the enemy is pleased with any of that? You've got to be kidding me. You know, sometimes we go through uh, an attack spiritually as a believer and we're, man, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what, what, you know, I believe you want me to do. I'm, I'm loving people. I'm, I'm sharing the gospel when I get a chance. I'm really just simply wanting to follow you, Lord. And we start, compl not complaining, but we start challenging God. Like, why is this happening? And I think we really need to step back. And if it's not happening, we need to be a lot more concerned, you see. Because when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, following the Lord, surely you can expect the enemy to attack. We shan't be surprised by that kind of thing. That is to be the expectation. Because the enemy's not pleased. He's wanting to get in and scatter and stir and cause confusion. That's the work of the enemy. And we want to hear the voice of the Lord through his word, and we want to stay close and follow him and be effective in his purpose and his call for our lives as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus said to them again, now this is after verse 6, verse 7 usually follows in my Bible most of the time, uh, verse 6, but 
Jesus used this illustration in verse six, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. I love this first part of verse seven. Then Jesus said to them again, I just love that. You know, I think of the patience of my shepherd. I'm a sheep. I just don't always get it the first time. And I am so thankful. Again, he says, hey, I am the shepherd. You know, he starts to go through this a little more expanded version of the same concept of being the shepherd. The one who loves us, the one who wants to protect us, the one who ultimately laid his life down for us. He says to them again, saying that same thing, lovingly bringing it into them. Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Well, wait a minute. Is he the shepherd or is he the door? You know, this is the kind of stuff I've got a question because I'm a little bit thick. Which are you? Are you the shepherd or are you the door? Well, remember in the description earlier about how there was an opening. They are one in the same. The shepherd would lie in the opening and thus became the door. They're one in the same. So when we're talking about the shepherd or we're talking about the door, we're talking about the same thing. Culturally, we don't run in this kind of thing. I understand that. We kind of are into trying to retrieve messages so we can give the right information out off our iPhones, you know. But that's our world today. But that was not their time frame, right? They understood this. So the shepherd and the door were all the same thing. Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All, would you notice, and we always know that in the Greek, all means the same as what you think it means, all. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. Now, I am the door of the sheep, Jesus says. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. This is an exclusive statement. Again, an exclusive statement made by Jesus Christ that he is that only way. He said he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Similar type of statement. He is the only door into that sheepfold, into the flock, the family of God. He is the only access. Not a bunch of different ways, but the only way. And I reject what we hear so much of today of this idea that there's all these different options. Jesus is the only option. That's it. It's exclusive. Jesus is the only option. Now, everybody, in order to be kind of nice and friendlier and more appealing to a lot of different people, everybody starts stretching this and starts saying, well, yeah, well, you know, um, you know, they just see it a little different and Buddha was just a, you know, great guy and, you know, they believe that 100% and how would God not, get? well, look it, it's simple. This is God's world, Period. We are part of God's creation. 
He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. And he said, this is how it works. Now, we can be obstinate sheep that reject all of it and ultimately leave the planet rejecting God. And there is no eternal life for those who would choose that. Now, people can get upset about all that, but that, I'm going to tell the truth until I go to be with the Lord. This is simple. It's not complicated. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the access. He's the door. Now, people say, I just don't like that. Okay. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'm concerned for their everlasting life, but I've made my decision. The fact is, you and I, as sheep of his hand, need to be assured of this because this is what vies for your attention. Young people, you get into college, this vies for your attention. You know what pushes up against the buttons all the time? is secular humanism, evolution. All these ideas and concepts that put themselves above the shepherd. You know who our shepherd is? We don't even know how many galaxies there are. And he created all of it. As a matter of fact, the stretch of his hand spans it all. How big is your God? Where is your God? Where's Muhammad today? Where is Buddha today? Where are these other gods, so-called? You know what? Mine's alive. My Lord and Savior Jesus Christ resurrected. He sits at the right hand of the Father because he ever liveth to make intercession. In other words, the fact that he's alive is the statement that he intercedes for me. Now, people choose to reject Jesus Christ. I am bummed about that because everlasting life is forever and ever and ever. The hope that we have as we shared about our loved one that has gone to be with the Lord Jesus Christ is the hope that the reality is the resurrection is the statement of the truth. It validates everything else that Jesus ever said. He is the resurrection and the life. Man, he did the work for you, for me. He is our shepherd. What did David say? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When the Lord Jesus Christ is your shepherd, you shall not want. Because, man, there's nothing that compares to the beauty and the presence and the love and the grace and the mercy that just proceeds from the throne and the presence of God to a person's life. Nothing, nothing compares to that that emanates from his presence. And when we fix, and this is why I say, fix your eyes upon the Lord. Keep your eyes on God. Listen to him and him alone. There are many idols out there. And people say, well, I've heard from God. Okay. I hope so. There's a lot of voices out there that can start running around your head. The enemy can get inside our minds and we can start getting little idols erected in our minds and we can be our own idols. Our own ideas can be our own idols. And all of a sudden we start, well, I have peace about all this. Ooh, uh, be careful. You can read about this in Isaiah because you can hear a lot of different things. 
But man, we want to follow one chief shepherd, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. All, he said, whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep, those who are really his, did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what the thief comes to do. The enemy wants to steal your joy, your peace. He wants to destroy relationships. That's what the enemy comes in to do. And then it creates confusion. That's, that's all the work of the enemy. Jesus says, man, that's, that, that's, that's the work of the enemy. He says, I have come that they may have a life, and that they may have it more abundantly. Notice the contrast between the two. One is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then Jesus says, no, I, I've come to give life, and that they may have it more abundantly. That there might be an abundance in his presence. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Again, we describe that most of the shepherds, it was a direct relationship between as an owner. They, they have invested in, they are a part of, connected to the sheep. And he says, the others are hireling. This is interesting. I find the correlation between this in ministry and that we are called to be shepherds and to care for and to love on. And that free will is, is, is in place, and especially in an open ministry such as we have at Calvary Chapel, where people can come or leave. You know, this is, it's open. There's no membership. Man, if, if you need to sign on a dotted line to be committed to the body of Christ, well, I, you know, that, that's, I don't find that anywhere in the Bible. And so, you know, we just don't, we don't proceed that way. But the idea is, is that there's the choice, man. I, man, we're hearing from the Lord. We're hearing the word of God, and we're drawn into his presence. And so we choose to gather together under that banner of the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. You know, I know as we listen to the Word, oftentimes the Spirit begins to convict us. And you know, Jesus said He's the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father but through Him. You know, it is very exclusive, Christianity is, and I know that offends some, but it's also all-inclusive in that Anyone who would give their life to Jesus can have everlasting life, but it is exclusive in the sense that Jesus said he is the way, the only way to have everlasting life. 
If the Lord's tugging on your heart just now, would you open the door and let him in? Just pray this simple prayer of faith along with me now. While you're driving or, or wherever you are, uh, whatever you're doing, sitting in front of a computer, wherever you are, whether it's through the internet or through the airwaves, I just encourage you right now to open your heart to Jesus and begin that new life. Just pray this simple prayer with me. Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my heart, to forgive me of my sin, to be my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for the newness of life that I have in you, and I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, that my life might be pleasing to you and give you glory. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. And you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash calvarychapelkc. Also, Living Fountains podcasts are available in the iTunes store, and you can download them at no cost. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, We meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. The service times and directions can be found on calvarychapelkc.com or you can simply contact the church office at 913-681-1635. It's been great spending time with you in God's Word and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.